The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good types. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> So without further ado, this is the Homance Chronicles, and I am Sarah. And I'm Nicole. And we have, you know, our first guest actually calling in from Italy. Um, the the pandemic has provided us with many opportunities to talk to people in other countries, but you're our first Italian guest. So we're super excited to talk with you today. We are... Um, going to weave in between some personal and business because Dr. Dar- Bar- blah, blah, blah. you know what? I screw up the <laughs> normal name, not the Italian name. I screw up Barbara. <laughs> no, you screwed up doctor. <laughs> Do- yes. Jeez, oh, Pete's. Dr. Barbara <laughs> Dale Pezze, who is a leadership coach and divorce mentor. So welcome yes. to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and for this wonderful introduction. I love it. (laughs) Unique indeed. Just like us. (laughs) Okay, so I'm super curious. Can you just tell me, give me your definition of a divorce mentor? Like, what do you do? How does that work? Uh, well, a divorce mentor is uh, someone that actually help couples, people that are going through divorce to transition to a new life. So that's, that's what I love doing. I love uh, accompany people that are going through that difficult experience. And, and the best part of it is that I help them rebuild their new life. So I actually, a divorce mentor for me is an architect of life and a designer of a new life. That's the way I love to see it. And um, it is such a rewarding uh, profession, I, I would say, because you can really see people that trust again in their future, believe in a new life, believe in possibilities, uh, and they, they start to be optimistic again about their future. So that's what I mean when I say divorce mentor. Does it, does it make sense? Yes. <laughs> yes. It kind of sounds like you're more of like a, a divorce cheerleader, but I'm, I yeah, love it. I, I like that too. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> I love the spin on it. It just, it's such a, it's like a cool way to look at, you know, helping people. It's fun. Yeah. Yes, indeed. indeed. So my assumption is that in your book, you share some details about the divorce or re- relationship struggles that you went through. Um, and your book is called The Unexpected Gift. And so in in trying to help others, I'm sure that's very gratifying. But how do you... Um, how do you consistently be okay with like reliving that information or um, talking about those painful moments all the time? Uh, the, the beauty of it is that uh, I don't relive it and I do not talk about the painful moment as painful moment. 
the reason why I wrote the book and when I eventually made it to write a book is because I really went through the process that took me to that painful moment, to the new life that I was able to create. And so now I have... Uh, I have evolved, I would say, and I've changed and I have really worked through all the difficult step. And now I don't suffer for what I went through because it has already been worked through. And so now I'm in the best position to help others so that when they speak about their experience, I don't suffer because I, it is as if I come from the future and, and I can tell them there is, there is a new way, there is a happy life again, there is a well-being that is there and, and, and that's beautiful and that is beautiful. So um, the reason why I like it is not because it keeps me in the past, but because it helps me lead people to their own future. And so I, I think that because I went through my own story, which you're right, it is uh, uh, written in the book. And the reason I wrote it in the book is because uh, when I was going through it, I couldn't find someone that could speak to me from the future and that could tell me it's going to be all right. No, don't worry. Even if it is so damn difficult and the pain is excruciating, you don't give up because it's going to get better. And I tell you because I was there. I couldn't find anything that would talk to me like that. And so once I finished my own process and I made it and I not only survived but thrived, I decided, you know what? Now I can tell people that are in those moments that is going to be okay. And so when I help them see that, I am in a, in a completely different state, in a completely different dimension. So I'm not dragged into that painful space, but I help lift them to the new space that where they are aiming at and where they will end up being with the support, of course, because you do need yeah. support, but that's, yeah, uh, I was actually getting ready to ask you. So would you say that a majority of your clientele has like a tribe or a support system for themselves already built, or are these folks that are kind of like kind of alone, independent, maybe they're going through a toxic relationship and getting out and they pretty much have nobody. Let's put it this way. If that's the case, when they meet me after a little while, they are going to have a tribe and they're going to have <laughs> what, what in my book I call radical relationships and radical friends, because that's essential to be feeling good and to be uh, happy in life. So when they meet me, when they arrive, some life take them to me. That's when their social world expands because that is too essential and too important for for our health and well-being so right um, that's also another expansion that from the future <laughs> is brought <laughs> is brought to their life <laughs> Let's put it there. and yes and if they have never thought about it or they have thought about it and don't, don't know where to turn to build those uh, amazing presence in their life that's also something that we do together. So it is powerful. It is powerful. I mean, so everything. now my next question. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, now like, um, have you seen instances of the healed people that are in their happy spaces, like connecting with each other through you? Have you like made any kind of accidental matchmaker connections in the back end of your work that you know of? Mm -hmm. Matchmaker in a sense of uh, friends or romance? Romance. 
Oh, oh yes. <laughs> yes. I tell, She's a I, divorce mentee <laughs> and a matchmaker. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, that is really funny because while I'm doing actually my mentor uh, magic thing with divorce, <laughs> then I, 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 it is so beautiful because the energy that is created, not necessarily with the person I'm working with, because people that are transitioning into the new life, they do need time to be alone and, and heal, right? Yeah. But right. there are other people, satellite <laughs> around them, <laughs> that they happen to think about relationship. And it just happens that I'm like, oh, you keep talking about this guy. Oh, he's just a friend. I know him for a long. Are you sure that he's just a friend? Yes, he's just a friend. I said, well, I'm not sure. So I would explore further. And maybe one month later, they say, well, you know, I've been, I started to date John and actually he's not just a friend <laughs> anymore. So those little <laughs> insights of something that wants to emerge that I am pointing at, and then that's beautiful. It has happened already several times, I have to say. So I like that. So you help, you literally level people up and you help them create space for new things in their lives. Absolutely. That's how it works. She's magic in my space. I do. I am. She's a wizard. (laughs) You're a wizard. You're not just a doctor. You're a wizard. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. I do love that. (laughs) There was the Wizard of Oz and then there's Barbara. (laughs) (laughs) The Wizard of Love. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Actually, I like that. Uh, That's really fun. I mean, like your job is, it's just so, it sounds like it's just so fulfilling to be able to help people go and transition you know those really important transitions in their lives they have you to kind of help and that's that's got to be so fun it is it is uh fun in the sense that you know that the outcome uh Mm -hmm. is going to be as much as possible of course the other person needs to do their part right but uh, the outcome will be great in the process uh, um you do need to be able to be steadfast next to people that are still suffering, right? So there is right. this, uh, um, yeah. I think there is this uh, passion and and an and ability that I have developed through my experience and, and through my profession to be next to somebody who is in pain and do not be uh, affected too much by it, but keep the energy level into a positive state. So there is both... Uh, abilities to stay in the pain in the side of pain and uh, accompany people to their next steps so at the end the process is going to be joyful but in the midst of it uh, it is also um, intense right it is intense but I believe that actual change and transformation does need to endure some pain and suffering in order for it to be authentically Oh yeah, no, no pain, no gain, right? Here we go. That's it. <laughs> Is it um, due to the intensity of the emotions that are connected to that life transition? I I can assume that it can be taxing on you, but. I'm wondering if it's actually more taxing on you to work with business people and companies <laughs> and people going through divorce. Because quite frankly, I think that yeah, here, yeah. 
<laughs> I well, I mean, I think that the pandemic has made us all see relationships, our work, and um, how we spend our time in a different way. And I think we're all realizing, like, there's got to be something better. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yes. <laughs> Thank you for these <laughs> for these questions, uh, uh, Nicole. Actually, I think you're right because uh, um, people that are going through divorce they are already open uh, to the fact that they do need something different, and they are committed to change and and find that difference. And from a profound perspective, people in corporations and in organizations they know that there is something that they want to change that they need something there is something more that can be uh, discovered but it is more difficult for them to commit to the change because uh, somehow they are in a comfortable position and even if they don't like particularly the job but maybe there is the salary the people that they know the life as they know it and so it becomes more difficult for them to commit to the change and transformation and uh, oftentimes they do need to find a new purpose and finding a new purpose requires a lot of uh, authenticity and what I call brutal honesty that I bring to the conversation. And sometimes uh, people in, in uh, organizations are quite resistant to that. And so it is more, uh, it is more work and it is more uh, complex sometimes to do that. Although eventually, <laughs> and then the, the wizard again, <laughs> now my friends, they joke because they say, okay, if Barbara is coming in and they, works with executives, uh, chances are that they are going to leave because once you discover that the reason you are not happy and fulfilled, although you are doing well in, in your position, is because you're not aligned with your purpose, those who are actually willing to transform and, and make a, an exponential leap in their life, they might decide to leave. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's also a possibility. And I think that actually corporations would work better if everybody that is in their position is in the actual position they love to be and that can enhance who they are more than just in a job because they have to. So I go for, <laughs> I go for the core and for uh, authenticity. So, yeah. <laughs> I love I'm that curious. You... <laughs> No, I, I have know. more questions, of course, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> we can jump right into your question, but I just want to note that she said, she said this so, like, PC. She goes, like, some people in corporations are more resistant. <laughs> yes. And I feel like she just glosses right over it. <laughs> I feel like that's the nicest way anyone has ever described the crotchety old man that is miserable. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good tone. I was appreciative <laughs> of that. So what I'm because you're in Italy and yes. um, there is like a cultural difference, you know, between all the different countries. Have you been able to work with folks that are outside of the Italian culture and seen a difference? Or are you kind of like, is everybody mostly the same at the end of the day? So um, because I've I've lived for the past 20 years in many different countries. I was in Hong Kong, China, Australia, Singapore, Canada, the US, and now is the first time in, in 20 years that I'm back to Italy because of the situation and I'm happy to be here. 
um, there are the cultural differences. Yes, they are there and they teach you to be flexible and agile, both from a cognitive and mental perspective than, and for, from an emotional perspective. But I have to say that for the kind of work that I do, which is radical in the sense that it wants really to help people to change from within, from their core, um, eventually the, the, the space where I operate is more, is deeper than the cultural differences. And therefore um, you go straight to the heart of being a human being. And those people that accept to go to that level and to start working from there, um, it doesn't matter which culture they are in, right? Because that's the point where I connect. And once the connection is done, then I just learn about the details, so to speak, of their cultures. For me, that mm -hmm. was very powerful when I did uh, work um, with, a, with companies and organization. I am working with them in China. And China is very far away culturally and not only geographically from my own culture and my experience. And uh, it was there that I realized that the only way I could actually connect with such a diverse country was to go at the core of what human beings are and so speak the language of uh, human humanity, so to speak. So um, I think that, of course, cultural differences count and First of all, you need to meet the, the, the person beyond the differences of culture. Um, it, it, that's the best way I, I, am, I'm I could describe and answer your question. So that is also what made it possible for me to work in so many different countries and with so many different cultures on these specific topics. So leadership development and by leadership development, even in corporation, I mean self-leadership first. Right, self-leadership mm -hmm. development, and then in the as a divorce wizard, as you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're owning it. Yes, I like it. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's my favorite. She's a wizard, Harry. <laughs> so, what Buddies. do you say to women? I mean, if you're really just getting at the core of um, people and we're kind of taking the culture aspect out of it, what do you say to women about uh, trying to work their way into a leadership position or being recognized at that table um, where they don't come off maybe too assertive or too aggressive in the in the eyes of other people because that's generally the feedback that I get. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm too aggressive. But I think that um, there's still a stigma in regards to women using their voice and being empowered. And sometimes I feel like that perception is not like I, I can be assertive, but I mean, aggressive is maybe a little on the far side. Like I feel like that perception is placed upon me and not truly how I'm trying to express myself. Um, but I don't think I'm alone. I think a lot of women feel this way, no matter where they're at in the world. I, I agree with you. And first of all, I would like to say that I'm not taking out a cultural element, but I, you, I want first that 
women especially connect all my the people I work with but women you're asking about women um, need to connect with their profound resources what do I mean by that is that before uh, first of all they need to be aware of their self-worth and become self-confident enough that when they are told you are too aggressive you shouldn't be doing that you shouldn't be doing that uh, that doesn't touch them because they are so comfortable and and strong in their own self and in their own value that they do not react to that but they become strategic in the way then they respond to whatever is, is sent their way i'm not saying that it is uh, uh, immediate impact in the sense of obtaining a different results because unfortunately what the example you're bringing is not only the woman is the person that is having mm -hmm. the other perception mm -hmm. but what i think it is very powerful is when women we do need to become so strong and comfortable and aware of our self-worth that doesn't matter if the person in front of you perceives you in a completely wrong way it doesn't matter. And this I've learned it actually through my divorce experience, because when my divorce happened, and, and I know that you asked in the corporate world, but no, I'm they, they totally align. Yeah. When I when I when I divorced, I remember that a lot of people that knew nothing about me or my story were giving me the look just because they knew I was divorced or I, I was left by my husband. I didn't even if that was the case and so you could see the perception of oh who knows how an awful woman she must be or or how difficult she might be and I knew that that was not the case and yet I had to learn to not only endure that but toughen up in the sense that I became so self-confident and say you know what I know how my story went I know who I am if you do have something to say you come and tell me and if you do not have that courage, you, it, your opinion is your business and not mine, right? And so I was able to move around in my new life, especially at the beginning, feeling those judgments, feeling those prejudice, feeling those perceptions on me and, become, and, and I became able not to let them touch me because I knew who I was and I had to learn who I had become after that event. So I think that this is a very powerful leadership lesson. And in, in business context, we are constantly judged with stereotypes. Uh, uh, we ourselves judge ourselves with stereotypes. So there is so much unpacking that needs to happen so that we women first need to be so comfortable with our self-worth so comfortable with who we are so comfortable with our limitations and just to use a little bit of Brene Brown with our vulnerabilities that it that we are able to really manage and master the perceptions of others without being becoming too reactive towards that I think that that is the first first thing and so it is not our business others perception we learn to manage those perceptions because we do want to get a seat at the table if we think that we can bring something to that table mm -hmm. right and so I think it is a, a constant negotiation and but first of all and we need to have that self that the core strength inside so that we can actually use our, our brain, our talents, and our resources to 
negotiate and to make our way to where we want to go. That doesn't need to necessarily happen in one minute, but we, we build a skill to become owners of our own voice and expressing it. And it takes practice. It's not, it doesn't happen overnight, right? It takes practice. It takes, it takes practice. It takes commitment. It takes determination. It takes to develop an ability to bounce back. So re resilience and it keep, it takes a, <laughs> a community of supporters and mentors and uh, people, women that believe in us, that see us, that know us and that they want to support us not because they open doors but just to remind because they remind us of our value when we forget about it or when we are diverting from our own self because we are lost following something that is just uh, not who we are i think that's very important that's part of the radical friends role i think yeah yeah i think that uh over time, I have become more comfortable with myself, knowing what I want, knowing what I deserve, you know, just in general when it comes to either men in relationships or in my career and next steps. And um, it takes a long time to be able to be comfortable to truly ask for what you want and do it in a unapologetic way. <laughs> and so I oftentimes see a parallel between my personal life and my career because I'm being challenged with some of the same tests, just in a different environment. And <laughs> I mean, it's exhausting, truly, but um... <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm laughing. We don't get reprieve. It's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, but thankfully, uh, I've known like, okay, this relationship is not going to work and have walked away from it, or this job is not serving me anymore and was able to find something else. But um, what if you're, what if you're in limbo and you're like, I know that this isn't working, but I can't like for a profession, I know this isn't working, but I'm not sure how to find my purpose or how to find the next step or what that is exactly. Um, and, on, and, you know, the more that you learn about yourself, the easier it is to identify. But what are some ways of getting there? Calling a coach. Yeah. <laughs> Calling the wizard. Reaching out for wizardry. <laughs> That's one way. And already, by the way, what do you say? Already being aware that you do need to do something to change your situation is a big, is a big um, step and having the awareness. And then the next one is really how, how can I find, where can I find resources? Given that I have no clue what to do, I, I start asking for example. Okay. And, and the first way, if people are not familiar with coaching or they, they don't want to engage with a coach or a mentor already, you can just start to voice your desire, voice what you might need and you do not know what it is because people might give you some 
answer your friends families uh, could be could give you some perspectives that you have you haven't thought about and that could be enough to bring you closer to a decision however having said that i think that the best uh, once you have that awareness that you do need to do something and you do not know really how to tackle your situation i think i think there are so many resources in terms of coaches and mentors uh, uh, counselors psychologists you have a lot of mental health professionals that could help business coaches there is so many people and and the hard work is to explore what is that I actually would need? And it could be as simple as having one conversation with one of these professionals and already from one conversation just to explore, that person could direct you. So instead of going after, I don't know, a business coach, because maybe that's what you think you need or a career coach, by having that one conversation, which in terms of commitment of time and, and resources is still affordable, with that one conversation, at least you might get a better direction. So at least you are put on the right path instead of being in the, the wrong one or the one that would be longer for you to take you where you want to go. So I think that reaching out, as Sarah was saying, and uh, really invest as much as you can in terms of time and resources a little bit to get somebody that from the outside can give you a new direction at the beginning. The beginning of a path it doesn't need to be the path but beginning of the path and then you can help yourself a little bit and then look for another piece of the path <laughs> that you want to walk on and so on that is if you are if you if you are gradual and you want to give yourself some time if you are more um, committed and you do want change and transformation I would say you just commit to one coach that you might find one mentor that you might find and go for a, a, a 600 yards <laughs> with this person <laughs> and, and and trust that person that will take you a little bit closer to where you want to go for sure of course I'm biased because I am a coach right, right. And so I know the right. value yeah. of it uh, but I think but that that's Okay, <laughs> but you know, you you touch on a point where it's like you need an outside perspective, you need an outside lens, you need somebody who's not emotionally involved and attached to the situation at hand to provide you with some potentially clearer concepts and visions of what could be going on. Um, and then, like, also because they're not involved in it, they can see clearly what's ahead of the path. And sometimes people need that guidance, and that's completely okay. I think that more and more people are starting to become more comfortable with the fact that there's like life coaches and mentors out there who can help them kind of resolve or move through these th situations and lives. I think the problem that people are having is paying for them really at the end of the day, it's all about money, but yeah. it's worth it. You know what I mean? Like you're investing in yourself, you're investing in your self-worth and your happiness. You would go out and buy yourself some really nice food so that you wouldn't have to deal with stomach issues all the time. Why wouldn't you yeah. go and find somebody that could help you? Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes actually quite often the fact of investing those money that you're not comfortable in investing, it is a very important step in terms of self-confidence and trust in the future. Of course, you That's make a good a point. That you make a point a choice that it is you you have thought about you have done some research and so it is not that you're just throwing your money, but the challenge of investing, maybe a little bit more of what you think is your capacity, right, mm -hmm. is already taking you to where you want to be. 
So it is right. not to be underestimated. Otherwise, uh, we remain in our in our space, in our dimension where we used to have the problem. As Einstein say, the problem is not solved in the same space where it was created, right? So if we are stuck in our situation and we dare to do something that doesn't belong to that situation, like investing a little bit more money than what I feel comfortable with, already this action takes you to a different level where the solution of what you want to overcome is probably to be found, right? So yeah. I, I think that... the it is important to consider in this way, especially if you want to move ahead with your life in a direction that is good for you and you know it, right? It's just that fear and that sense of um, discomfort that sometimes uh, blocks us. But that's exactly where the novelty resides, just beyond that comfort. So it's, right. it's, you are, people are right. Where, where there's fear, that's exactly where they need to go. <laughs> Very often, so. <laughs> I have um, a very random question that is not necessarily in line with what we're talking about. So since we're getting closer to the end of the, the episode, I'm just going to throw out my random question, which is based on your experience, since you have been in Australia, China, uh, Europe, so many places, so many places for education and for your career and have dealt with so many different um, types of people in corporations. Where in the world do you think that people are the happiest at their workplace or that their workplace treats the people the best? Is there a particular country where you're like, this is, this makes sense. Like they give them, you know, the whole month of August off. Of course, they're a little bit more relaxed and it's, you know, keeping their momentum going. Or of course they um, are feeling great about their job because they have the flexibility to, you know, leave in the afternoon to do a personal errand. Or like, is there anywhere where you're like, yep, that makes sense. And people seem to be like, Yep, this works. Probably Mars. <laughs> um, so I'm speaking from my own experience, of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, depending on the, the countries, you really have different needs. Because uh, living in Sydney, of course, you want to end work at 4 p.m. Because then you want to go to the beach and enjoy the waves and surfing <laughs> and uh, you are so far away from the rest of the world that that fe feels normal uh, but if you live in Hong Kong you 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 the, the style of your the style is so different and probably you want to be much more involved with your career because there are so many opportunities and they are all concentrated in these places which is tiny and so densely populated um, but oh, a lot of competition, a lot of competition. So to feel good and to feel happy, you want to be able to get to a certain level, I would say, but this is very, very subjective. Yeah. Um, if, if, if I have to, um, maybe I, I would say Canada is the one that might be the most balanced in terms of a career, um, 
personal life, uh, having opportunities to enjoy nature, um, people that are evolved in terms of the way they think they have been. I'm, I'm thinking in this t- at this moment in the West Coast of Canada, which is the one that I've experienced. Um, so there is a very interesting combination of uh, evolution, progress, uh, tradition, nature, and uh, respect for the human rhythm <laughs> that doesn't go just yeah. with technology. So that sounds uh, like I need to look for a job in British Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> For right. <laughs> so what it sounds like. <laughs> the only problem is the weather that sometimes is too rainy. <laughs> well, you know, we're we're in Michigan. We're is by Detroit. Fair? So we have our own fair share of weather issues here. <laughs> like today, it's a very hot day and it's only going to get hotter. There was like um, we have an ozone action day today just it just gets really hot really fast right right yeah it's tough tough. so perhaps (laughs) now and then it's gonna rain (laughs) (laughs) all in the rains too it's like we can't it gets really hot and and then it rains and then there's bugs everywhere it's just you know nature So when we get towards the end of the show, we do a little section that we call Add a Girl, which is um, just to end the show on a positive note where we talk about something good that's happened to us or something that we're proud of ourselves about and um, just a quick little nod to the fact that, you know, we need to pat ourselves on the back sometimes and we Mm -hmm. will do anything from like, you know, I got all my laundry done to I, you know, saved dogs from the middle of the street. So. (laughs) Which is a real story. Yes. Yes, it is. Which is really the spectrum here is quite wide. Um, But uh, I can go first. So my Atta Girl, the thing that I am uh, proud of myself about is that I, so I have a lot of smart devices in my home because I work for a tech startup and we were doing a test on a smart plug that we're manufacturing and they wanted me to put it on my refrigerator. So I did because we were checking like, like monitoring the amount of energy that the refrigerator uses. Well, um, turns out that like, if the power goes out, this smart plug doesn't turn itself back on. So that means that if your power went out and your refrigerator wasn't working and the power comes back on, your refrigerator would not necessarily come back on. (laughs) Problem. Yes. We like to call that a design flaw. Um, But (laughs) I've known this issue for quite some time, but it was brought up to me twice this week and because of the hot weather and like the ozone action day and everything it can cause blackouts so i rolled that refrigerator out and took that plug off (laughs) finally after months months to avoid potential uh damage (laughs) well well the thing is that they're really i wouldn't lose much my refrigerator is empty pretty much but still I have more ice in my freezer than I do frozen vegetables. Either way, I don't want a mess, you know? 
So to be honest with you, like I had to give myself a pat on the back because it's one of those things that you put on the list and you're just like, whatever, I'll get to it. (laughs) Right. But then after multiple people say something, I'm like, look at me go. I listened. (laughs) (laughs) And you acted on it. That's the important part. I listened and I acted on it and I prioritized it because clearly they see the future in our wizards as well. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, that is that so funny. It it's kind of a silly thing, but it's it could I could be preventing, you know, a tragedy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um actually my other girl's kind of involved this time around, but um I have an, I live in a neighborhood that isn't necessarily like the friendliest. We're not like everybody doesn't all like, chat all the time. Um, but the person that lives next door to me and I have become friends, I guess, over the course of about two or three years. And um, one day I noticed that her lawn what needed to be mowed and I was mowing my lawn. And so since we live in like smaller, you know, we have little tiny lawns. I was just like, well, I'll just do her lawn. It'll take me 20 minutes. So I mowed her lawn for her. She didn't realize it until later, later in the day. Um, and she was like, thank you so much. You know, um, I was like, Hey, it's really not a big deal. I figured if I, I would do, I, you know, appreciate if somebody did that for me, I know everybody needs help sometimes. And she was like, um, very thankful. And out of nowhere the next week, she said, Hey, I'm going to mow the lawns on Saturday. And I said, okay, that's fine. You know, but she actually did. She mowed my lawn for me. And so, um, it, it's like those little things now that are just so incredibly helpful that I think that, you know, people don't realize it takes tribe. And so, um, you know, because I have some time tomorrow to mow the lawn, or is it today? I don't know what time I look at my calendar. I have to put mowing my lawn on my calendar now. Um, (laughs) it's that bad. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to probably end up mowing her lawn for her again too. So it's just going to be like this kind of helping each other friendship situation. And I, I just am proud of myself for that because I've never had that kind of a relationship with my neighbors before. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's coming from someone who has very close neighbors. It's helpful. It's so helpful. I, yes. Yeah. It's incredibly helpful. I just, I never, you know, I never, we never related to any, I guess the people that live in my neighborhood are not my demographic. Let's just say that. <laughs> Beautiful. So- yeah. I, I'm I'm not sure if what I'm saying is what you intend for this bit, but no, nope, it, it doesn't it, matter. It involves <laughs> it involves a very beautiful experience I just had, and it involves animals, so in particular cows, because I live in a, 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 in a beautiful natural park place, and there are lots of cows here, and uh, I was um, I discovered that cows respond to music. And Mm -hmm. uh, so one of my passion to reconnect with myself is walking in the woods. And here where I walk, there are lots of uh, places with cows. And so I've experimented singing to cows because it seems like it makes them feel good. And so (laughs) the other day, the other day, I was was walking in the woods and we were, I was in the middle of nowhere. There were just cows. And so I said, okay, let me try singing and see what happens. And it was amazing because I started singing and I think there were 15 cows. They just came and they just (laughs) stood in front of me. And I'm like, you're singing to like a concert. 
you were yes performing I was a concert <laughs> it was amazing and they all came close and I'm like wow they love songs <laughs> and so it was so nice and when I stopped they just uh, went back to their pastures and and I thought well that's beautiful that actually a way that you can connect with animals and you are connected and it just filled me with so much uh, joy and enthusiasm that now every time I see a cow I start singing so I don't know if that's so good but <laughs> that was very 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 beautiful and you know that I think that they, uh, it is good it, they they feel better I am I assume and I like to imagine definitely they make me feel good when they listen to me <laughs> my favorite girl ever <laughs> Yes. The wizard sings to cows. <laughs> what can I say? You're amazing. Passion. I freaking love it. I mean, the energy, the energy that you must put out where they're just like, yes, of course, we will come to you. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I think it will, it will happen ahead. with anybody. So I, I just happened to have tried it and it worked. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I just love the fact that that's like um, the way you reconnect, though, and it's not just like, oh, you know, touching trees and loving flowers. It's like connecting with animals, too, on a different level. It's just incredibly important. I just so fun. What a good thing to cows today. I, I wish I could go sing to cows. You need to take a video of that if you haven't yet. Please do. No, Please I do. I did. I did take a picture of the cows that <laughs> gathered. But Your audience, yes. <laughs> my audience, exactly. <laughs> I do have a picture of that, <laughs> but I haven't taken a video. Maybe next time I will try with the video. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that seriously is the best at a girl I think we've ever had. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I think it is. I'm truly, I'm really thinking it is. Like, especially because we didn't even prepare you for this. I totally no, not even tell you. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you see, for we wizard that lives in live in the future, that's what we do. <laughs> oh my god! I think it comes without saying at this point that you also <laughs> engage in a lot of humor because you have to. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I just love it. Wonderful. Yeah. Yes, thank you so much for being our guest today. Please tell everyone about your book and where they can find you. Uh, yes, my book, The Unexpected Gift, is uh, on Amazon. You can simply go on Amazon and, and find it there. Amazon.com. Sorry. I just, <laughs> The Unexpected wis Gift is your wizardry. Is that what today <laughs> were you, do they bestow that upon you? Well,. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just so good. It's so good. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That's fine. That's fine. It, the book is still on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes, you can go there or you can visit my website, which is uh, my name, but my name is too complicated, probably. So, <laughs> it'll be in text. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> I would like to state for the record that I said your last name correctly and I only messed up doctor. <laughs> uh, abs absolutely. You were perfect. So <laughs> congratulations on that. Usually it's never pronounced correctly. So that's good. Yeah. 
yeah. it was such an honor and, and a pleasure to be here with you ladies Absolutely. thank you so much for having me it was oh really my god great. likewise Thank you. We appreciate you and all of the things that you can share with us in regards to relationships and business. Cause as we talked about through the episode, they go hand in hand. So, mm -hmm. um, I think that also carving out this space for yourself as a divorce mentor is amazing because you're right. Um, when you're going through it, you can't always see the other side. And so what you're doing is beautiful. Um, Thank you so much. You're welcome. So if you liked what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe. Um, you know, go find the unexpected gift on Amazon. And you can find us on Instagram at homance underscore chronicles. We also have a closed group on Facebook if you want extra bits and information. So that's um, the homance chronicles, a judgment free zone. Thank you, Dr. Barbara. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you, Dr. Thank Barbara. Romance <laughs> out. <laughs>